Okay, and welcome to Comic Book Calamity. Uh, this is going to be a show where uh, we're going to go through all of the craziest stories from comic books, everything that Marvel, DC, Image, IDW, and every other comic book publisher really wants you to forget, and basically talk about like the crazy stories that you've never heard of or you've long forgotten. My name is Emma Curtin. I've been a longtime comic book reader, and uh, I'm joined now by my co-host, Dylan O'Connell. Hi, I'm Dylan, and we'll be talking about the weird and wonderful world of comic books. And I'm not just talking about, like, you know, the really weird stuff that happened in Avengers Infinity War, or what happened in last week's episode of The Walking Dead. I'm talking about the kind of stuff DC wants left buried out their back garden, or in a fridge. Or I'm talking about the stuff that, you know, the fact that Marvel once left in a, th- a foreign world, like radioactive sperm. We'll, we'll be getting to all of that. You're really not going to stop until we talk about, like, that about that spider-man story are you <laughs> it's, it's like on the top 10 weirdest things ever happen in comics i feel like it's not even the top 10 weirdest things in spider-man though like i mean we've got spider-mobile we've got gwen stacy's kids with norman osborne like there is a lot of stuff that's happened to spider-man over the years but yeah i'll, I'll give you that one that that's up there not as weird as aunt may robbing a tattoo shop though so we're going to now a really big year for comics which is i suppose the best way for us to start this like this has been there's been huge delays as a result of uh, COVID, as a result of, you know, a lot of filming being delayed and, you know, comic book movies being delayed and a lot of projects that we've been waiting to see for quite a while. Last year, we started seeing the first MCU uh, Disney Plus shows come out. And this year, it's not really going to stop. Like, we'll have Moon Knight coming out in March, and but we're also going to be seeing um, She-Hulk and Miss Marvel as well. And perhaps even Secret Invasion and What If Season 2. Even like, I suppose, I remember as a child, and like, you could be waiting, like, remember 2005, remember Batman Begins came out, and that was a tentpole release for either Marvel or DC for that whole year. I know, like, you had Fantastic Four also came out that year, but which was quite a weird movie. But anyway, uh, you'd be waiting ages, like, Marvel didn't release in 2010, 2011 just had in Captain America, Green Lantern, and Thor, and now all of a sudden there's like a different comic book property coming out every week. Like DC, for example, it's now February. You have The Batman is out on the 4th of March. Peacemaker is out in January. You have Black Adam is out in July. You have Aquaman 2 is out uh, towards Christmas. You also have the, well, you have The Flash. You have Superman and Lois. You have Batwoman. You've yeah, I mean, if we're just talking about this year already, like even just, even just like forgetting movies, um, like you're talking about like Naomi made its debut, Superman and Lois returned for season two. Peacemaker came out, which is an amazing show. But you're also seeing Legends of Tomorrow return, Batwoman as well. Like, DC are absolutely no slouches when it comes to uh, their TV shows. And, like, we've even seen, like, their first movie release as well with Catwoman Hunted, which came out in early February. Even, like, away from that, late this year, you got The Flash. And I'm really excited for The Flash because you've got Michael Keaton coming back as Batman, who originally played him in Batman 1989 and Batman Returns. So he'll be coming up against and with Ben Affleck's Batman. I'm really excited for that. But then in... It's a, it well the production says it'll be out in late twenty twenty two is Batgirl, which is about Batgirl. It's got uh, J K Simmons reprising his role from the Justice League movie, and it's also got Michael Keaton playing an older version of Batman. So I'm really excited to see how that fits in with this whole like, DC extended universe and all of that. Uh, so I'm really excited for that. You also have Ezra Miller playing like multiple versions of the Flash. Yeah, and I think that you know the Flash is going to have a huge impact on whatever DC is doing moving forward. I think for a lot of people. They see it might kind of have a similar effect to what Spider-Man No Way Home had, like basically kind of setting out a new future for what The Flash is going to be in the DC universe, but also kind of talking about like 
what versions of Batman are we going to see? Like, what's going to happen with Batfleck? What's going to happen with, like, the other different versions? And it's also going to bring in other characters as well. Like, not just Ezra Miller playing other Flashes, but we're also going to see Supergirl on the big screen for the first time since the 70s. Like, this is a huge time in comic books. And, you know, that's kind of why we want to start talking about this. We wanted to share our love for comic books, like, talk about what we loved and, you know, talk about some of the crazy stories and, you know, what we're hoping to see from the year and, you know, what we hope not to see as well. Even like you mentioned Marvel and about crazy stories, James Gunn is brilliant at, I suppose, capturing, I suppose, the weird essence of comic books. If you look at Pluto the Superdog, who is in the first Guardians of the Galaxy, you've Howard the Duck, he, in one stage, wanted to include, is it Robot? This robot, anyway, but they, they, they uh, yeah, I think it's uh, Rom, Rom, was it? Yeah, like it's a character that's been owned by Mattel for years. I think you were talking about Cosmo the dog as well. Cosmo the dog. Yeah, yeah, who's uh, appeared in Guardians of the Galaxy the game as well as a major character. Um, you definitely have to play that as well. <laughs> what I got mixed up with there was the Super Pets movie, which stars Kevin Hart, John, Kevin Hart, John Krasinski. Uh, who else is in that now? I think there's a ton of people in that. Um, I think um, Jamila Jamil is going to be in it as well. There's a huge voice cast and like a lot of them will be playing members of the Justice League with Kevin Hart and uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson playing uh, Crypto and uh, Ace the Bat Dog. Well, I'm really excited for that film. And like, I know it's a very like peculiar thing. Is I love The Office, like 90% of the human race. And I really can't wait for the kind of, you know, John Krasinski, the really awkward, you know, Jim Halpert from The Office. And now I've got to see him being Superman, the superhero to end all superheroes. <laughs> yeah, and maybe Mr. Fantastic as well, if we're lucky, too. So let's kind of start talking about, like, what's kind of come out this year and what's kind of on the way as well. So, like, as we've already discussed, Naomi's already come out, Superman and Lois Season 2, and Peacemaker are already out. Like, so DC has already come out to a flying start. And we've also seen the return of Resident Alien for season two, which is star starring Alan Tudyk um, from Firefly fame, but also a hundred other amazing TV shows and movies as well. So definitely worth checking out there and Catwoman Hunted as well. DC have already done an amazing job so far this year. We've already seen a lot of big TV shows and uh, their first movie as well. Yeah, uh, there's a... There's a first DC movie out this year? Oh, Catwoman Hunted. Catwoman Hunted, yeah. DVD DVD movies count. They count. You see, I'm always confused with releases. Because I remember last year, like, I'm, like Batman The Long Halloween is my all-time favorite Batman comic. And one day last year, I was inside Golden Discs, and I knew, I knew there was an animated adaption coming out. And I was like, what's this? The Long Halloween. Like, you just genuinely don't know what these is, because, again, there's so much coming out. There's literally just so much content. Like, I mean, we're not even halfway through February yet, and... Like, we've already seen some major characters uh, just, like, get their own series, like Peacemaker, John Cena, with James Gunn behind it. Like, that is a huge series, and it's been really critically acclaimed. Um, but there's literally no stop to this. Like, one of the next shows that's coming out on February 20th is going to be The Walking Dead, the final six episodes. And that's coming, that's from a franchise now that has so many spinoffs, it's, <laughs> it's almost impossible to count. But we'll be talking a bit more about those later. And, you know, these are the first two months of the year. Usually they're some of the slowest, but we've already seen some huge releases. And, I mean, this time last year we were all talking about WandaVision and, like, all the secrets around that. Even, like, I suppose Star Wars counts as a comic book because there's Star Wars comics coming out since the original film came out in 1978 or 77. And you have the Book of Boba Fett, which actually concluded uh, this afternoon. Like, as we're talking, it's February, it's February 9th. So the last episode came out today. And in the next few weeks, 
You have Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is supposed to come out in May, but more about that later on. So, like, this is a huge stack month, and it's all kind of leading towards the Batman, which is out at the end of this month. And I don't care what anyone says, when people talk about tentpole superheroes, they all think of Spider-Man, Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman. Batman, to me, is, like, you know... You said Batman twice, but I guess he's just that important. <laughs> I just think he's dreamy. <laughs> but, like, like, when Batman films comes out, there's certain superhero films that come out, everyone stops. Like, you know, when Spider-Man No Way Home came out, the whole world stopped to watch this film. Like, you know, when Black Widow came out, Shang-Chi, Eternals, people saw them kind of drips and drabs over the like, three days. But Spider-Man, the entire world had to see the first showing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, we were desperately trying to get, like, <laughs> like tickets to the first uh, first few showing to one of the first few showings, and it was almost impossible to actually get our hands on those tickets. And we were, like, we were one of the first people booking, like, three or four weeks out, and those tickets were going, like, crazy. And... I think Spider-Man, like, at the time of recording, has already made over $1.6 billion worldwide. I mean, that is just, I think that's the biggest release since the pandemic started. And it just shows, like, how much people love this character, how much, like, they really want to see more of this. Um, I'm not, like, no offense to Tom Holland, no offense to anyone else who's in that film. But I think that, like, the character itself is what carries that. Like, I don't think we're going to see anywhere the numbers, like, for, for the Uncharted film that Tom Holland's also starring in, in uh, this month. Sure, like the, the, the Uncharted thing is interesting because they often kind of like loop in video games or comic books because they all kind of, kind of come from the same kind of branch of pop culture. And the Uncharted one is a big one because video game films become really popular and actually well done. Like I remember when the Assassin's Creed film was made about four or five years ago and it was terrible. But now like people are excited for Uncharted, which, which has got big name actors, like ignoring Tom Holland. You got Mark Wahlberg, who's a huge temple actor. But anyway, less about video games, more into March. Yeah, let's 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 keep going into March. Like you've said, like March fourth, we'll see the release of the Batman. Batman is definitely going to be, I think, the biggest release of this year. Like definitely one of the biggest. And you know, I think it's something that people have been really waiting a long time for. It's a more serious kind of take of Batman, and we're going to see Robert Pattinson as the titular Batman, Paul Dano as the Riddler, and Zoe Kravitz as well as Catwoman. So you know, it's definitely going to be an exciting month. Yeah, like, and you think, okay, the Batman's over, like, 2005, nothing came out within a week of the Batman. The Batman's out, then you got the new, you got the first spin-off of The Boys as well. Yeah, The Boys Diabolical is coming out that, that same day as well. And there's a lot of big talent around it as well, like, with comedians like Aisha Tyler, Aquafina, John Mulaney. Like, a lot of people who are getting involved in this with a lot of different kind of contrasting uh, animation styles as well. Like, some, some which are a bit more realistic and others which kind of look more like the Animaniacs. Even, like, I suppose a week after that then, because, like, I love that kind of zaniness of, like, you know, every episode's a little bit different. So, like, one, seven days later after this, and you have the release of Moon Knight, which is, again, quite zany, got different personalities going here. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting look at the character. I think it's probably going to be one of the most, uh, I suppose, adult kind of Marvel series we'll have gotten on Disney Plus yet, especially just because you're dealing with mental health, you're dealing with a lot of darker themes as well with Moon Knight. And he's also a character who is frequently a lot more violent than other characters we've seen, like Hawkeye or Spider-Man. And, you know, it's definitely going to be an interesting way to kind of finish off uh, March as well, with that coming out on March 30th. So I'm really looking forward to that, and I'm a huge fan of Oscar Isaac as well. Yeah, like, he's probably the only person who's been Star Wars, the X-Men, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But once that's out, you get Morbius, the <laughs> superhero film that bizarrely we're all excited for. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's one of the ones we're going to talk about later is a possible calamity. I'm not sure how that's going to go, but 
Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about it. I, I, I think I was a little bit more excited for the Venom movies, but I, I'm just not sure what to expect from this. Donnie, I'm short on what I'm going to expect, though, is Doctor Strange is going to be crazy because you're going to have, apparently, Ben Affleck is back as Daredevil. You There's rumors John Krasinski could be making an appearance as as Mr. Fantastic. There's, there's talks Vin Diesel could be appearing as Black Bolt which means he won't be saying any words. He'll just be standing <laughs> a lot in the film, which is quite a comparison to his other Marvel character, Groot, where he says, where he's a lot of dialogue, I am Groot. So I'm really excited for that film. Yeah, I think there's been so many rumors about that from like the X-Men, Fantastic Four, every, Celesti- every celestial kind of Marvel character kind of appearing from the Beyonder to Infinity. And it's definitely going to be crazy no matter what happens. But in terms of what we actually do know, we're going to see the first appearance of Miss America, and we're also going to see the return of, Bla- of uh, Scarlet uh, Witch as well. Like, I think if anything sums up, like, in terms of the expectation for this film, I saw a meme the other day online, which had, like, you know, 2,000 shares or whatever, and it was, like, every rumoured character, and it had, like, Doctor Strange in the centre, had Ben Affleck, Daredevil, Doc- had Doctor Strange from the What If series, which came out last summer, it had Jesus from The Passion of the Christ, which came out in 2005. <laughs> It had literally everyone stacked into this one picture because there's so many rumours about this. There's even rumours that Tobey Maguire is coming back as Spider-Man for a scene. Yeah, because Sam, Sam Raimi is directing, so of course he has to return. Like, Tobey Maguire has been in every Sam Raimi movie for all time. Um, but no, I, I don't think that's going to quite happen, but I do remember similar memes kind of being trotted about when Spider-Man No Way Home was being theorised and all the rumours and everything. But in fairness, a lot of those rumours did come true. Um... But yeah, like after Doctor Strange, we're going to see the next movie as well, which is going to be the Super Pets movie that we've already mentioned. Um, it's uh, called uh, DC League of Super Pets. So, you know, again, it'll be interesting to see. We, we're not sure about John Krasinski appearing anything else, but he will be in that one. Um, after that as well, in early June, June 3rd, is going to be the return of the boys in season three. So I'm really excited for that. I think that like they've done an amazing job so far with the boys. And it's like, I think Amazon has really shown like, that adult superhero superhero series can go really far and get so much attention as well. Like that's so, It's interesting you say that because when you go into the summer, She-Hulk is supposed to be out and in terms of the release dates, She-Hulk kind of lines up with being kind of summer release. It's a nine episode season. Marvel will want to have something to carry, to carry through the summer months. Like last year when you had What If and Loki and with She-Hulk, I suppose they can go for that kind of more, more adult approach because, you know, it's a legal setting. She's a, she's a lawyer. They're not going to have her out fighting crime and are not mentioning her legal career. But in that, they could have Charlie Cox appearing as Daredevil, which is a big rumour. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I know what you're saying, where's he going with this talking about adult stuff? But, you know, Charlie Cox played Daredevil in the Netflix shows set in the MCU, which there was a lot of heavy-handed content. There was sex trafficking. There was drugs. There was Jessica Jones dealing with her post-traumatic stress disorder. Who's dealing, who's suffering, who was dealing with the artifacts of serious sexual assault. And, like, by and large, there's a lot of heavy adult content there. And it's good to see Marvel kind of, like, you know, integrating that in to see what they'll go with this and see what the tone is from She-Hulk. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be interesting to see how they handle this kind of stuff. Like, Disney has always been very kind of squeamish about, like, doing more adult-oriented uh, uh, shows on Disney+, Plus, particularly because... They don't really have an adult section on the U.S. Uh, Disney Plus yet. So, you know, it will be interesting to see how they do it. And I think Moon Knight's going to be our first indication of it. Hopefully we'll see some of that from She-Hulk as well, as that's a comic book series that's never shied away from showing the darker side of superheroism. Although, 
maybe not to the extent of Jessica Jones or the Punisher or those kind of ones. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely going to be a big one. We're also going to see Jamila Jamil return for that as well. She's also in the DC uh, <laughs> League of Super Pets movie. Um, and uh, she's going to be in this as well as Titania. So she's it, it looks like she'll be the main nemesis for She-Hulk there. Uh, and then continuing on through the summer months, uh, the big blockbuster, I think, for the summer will probably be Thor Love and Thunder, which is going to see Taika Waititi return and, uh, you know, give uh, Jane Foster her chance to be Thor. It's really interesting because Thor, the second Thor movie, The Dark World, I wouldn't say flopped with critics, but like, you know, it's a bit damn squid in terms of like collective m- m- memory of the MCU. But then Taki Wahiti took over Thor with Thor Ragnarok. And all of a sudden, he's like a fresh franchise again. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of injected the kind of sense of weirdness that it was lacking. Where, like, you know, they tried to go for Game of Thrones approach with Thor 2. And am I right to say they brought in one of the directors for Game of Thrones originally, one of the writers for that? I don't know. I, I w- it wouldn't surprise me. There was a lot of Irish and English talent in there. So it, it is possible, but I, I don't know. But, like, I think what they've done with the second Thor movie, with the kind of more, you know... They kind of went to the weirdness, but they kind of embraced the kind of like the absurdity and didn't try to make a Shakespearean drama. And even like, you know, mm-hmm. people say Thor is my cup of tea. Chris Pratt sta- is starring in it as Star-Lord because at the end of Endgame, he goes off with the Guardians of the Galaxy. So I imagine they might have seen the whole film, but I'd say the first 20 minutes might have him, you know, going through the galaxy with the, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy and it's a galaxy lot there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely think we're going to see um, a bit of a different side to Thor we're going to see him and Star-Lord kind of hanging out maybe butting heads again and it's it's going to be interesting to kind of see like some of the Guardians as well we've all seen I think Karen Gillan has also appeared in some of the shoots as well I think Pon uh, Moncrief as well uh, so that's going to be interesting but I think it's going to be a jam-packed movie because we're also going to see Valkyrie return Korg return as well Jane Foster so I'm looking forward to seeing it and like after seeing all the other show all the other movies that Taika has been in like, I'm really excited to see what he does next. And going on from there then, like, the other big summer blockbuster from DC is going to be Black Adam, which which uh, The Rock has been trying to get made for about 10 years. Like, it's a really interesting character, Black Adam, because he's so heavy tied to Shazam. So, like, they could easily just have had him be, you know, the protagonist in the second Shazam movie, but they're setting him up as his own character. And even in the comics, his whole kind of, like, uh, re- reason to be is he loves Kandak, his home country, and his people. He'll do anything for his people. And, like, even at that, though, it isn't just, you know, a run-of-the-mill superhero film, you know, that's cut and dry, whatever. They also have appearance of the Justice Society of America with, isn't it Timothy Dalton? Is is it Timothy Dalton is playing? It's a different 007. It's Pierce Brosnan is going to be Dr. Face, yeah. Um, but, again, like, this is going to be interesting. Like, with Shazam 2, they're going with different villains as well. So they might be coming up, like, they might eventually, like, see a showdown between Shazam and Black Adam, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be the be-all and end-all, and they're actually letting this character stand on his own, and I think it makes absolute sense, like, The Rock is one of the most bankable actors out there. Yeah, like, I remember reading something, what was it, like, back 2019 or 2018? Something like 25% of films that came out that year, 20% of films had him in it. Or, yeah, like, the top-grossing films had him in it, yeah. yeah. Like, he's, like, him and Scarlett Johansson, like, there's a reason why <laughs> you keep seeing them in like every other like major blockbuster and you know i'm i'm excited to kind of see what he does with black adam although i remember seeing a story about them putting an extra padding and stuff into the black adam suit and i can't think of anyone who needs less padding in a suit than the rock i really can't wait for that film even like the co- some of the comics is based off of they're like they're very heavily politicized so you're not just going to get a superhero film that's just a good guy versus a bad guy i feel like there will be kind of a genuine kind of story and kind of thought gone into this 
So I really can't wait for that. Yeah, it's definitely going to be exciting. But one of the biggest things I'm excited for this year is going to be Across the Spider-Verse, which is the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse, which we saw a few years ago. Oscar-winning film, absolutely brilliant. Shamik Moore, uh, Shamik Moore as Miles Morales. Um, Haley Stenfield as well, who is playing so many comic book characters. And he was also uh, Kate Bishop and Hawkeye as Spider-Gwen. It is going to be, I'm really excited for this. They've got so much of the talent coming back and already the first look at it looks phenomenal. Like, even ignoring, uh, to do, you know, the voice cast behind it. It's got Spider-Pig. It's got a talking pig. Who's Spider-Man? <laughs> and, and it's got Oscar Isaac, who's also in a load of comic book films too. Also, like, okay, I'm from Cork, you know, and I love Cork. It's got Spider-Man 2099, who's, who's actually from Cork. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, there's a cork man fighting Spider Man, and I'm not gonna say I agree with that, but that's fairly cool. A cork Spider Man fighting Spider Man. <laughs> I really do hope that, like, like, because Will Steiny, the artist, took over the comic in 2015 with Spider Man 2099, and you know he's the guy who kind of put in that cork reference. I would love though if they try to put a cork accent in it though, like what's the story, thing and you know <laughs> going through the space. I think that'd be brilliant. Maybe, but I don't think it's quite gonna happen. But anyway, the next film is going to be uh, The Flash on November 4th. We've already gone a little bit into this, but Ezra Miller is going to return. He'll be playing what looks like multiple versions of The Flash. We're also going to see the, like Supergirl, uh, a couple of versions of Batman as well. And it's definitely going to be one of the big movies for DC as well. Um, but the next one then is November 11th, which is uh, surprisingly just a week later. Usually there's a lot more space between the movies as well. Um, but it's going to be Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I feel like that film's going to be, like, be a sucker punch. And I mean that from the point of view of, like, an emotional sucker punch to the audience. Like, I love Chadwick Bosman. He was such an, he was such a brilliant actor. And, like, the first, like, Black Panther film was really important for superhero-wise. It was kind of the first big success of a superhero film led by a superhero who was, who was black. And as a result of that, like, you know, because originally they had Steel came out in the 1990s. And Steel kind of bombed at the box office. Mm-hmm. So with Black Panther, everyone loved it. Like, I remember seeing videos of kids getting excited in America because they want to see Black Panther because he's such an amazing superhero. Mm-hmm. And the film came out. The film did tremendously well at the box office. It got nominated for a load of Oscars as well. So then Chadwick Boseman died of cancer in 2020, which is tragic. I remember waking up to the news and getting being like, oh, no, like getting genuinely emotional yeah, about absolutely. it. And it was like, so with the film, like, they put out this picture of the film of, like, one of the sets and it has written on the wall, uh, was it, is it a rest in peace, uh, King Chikala? So I feel like there will be a very heavy emotional toll to the film. Yeah, I definitely think that like his loss is going to be instrumental to how that film, like to the feeling of that film, to the themes it's going to explore, and how they're going to continue the character of Black Panther in the future. I do like that you know they have set up a bunch of potential candidates like Shuri and Baku, and like it's not really clear on who might be taking over Black Panther. Like you know if there is going to be maybe just one maybe there'll be multiple ones but it's definitely going to be an interesting kind of look at what is going to happen next with that and hopefully they'll have like you know another strong black actor kind of take on that role take on that mantle and you know give like give people someone who you know they can see and they can see in themselves like representation really does matter when it comes to superhero media when it comes to all media i think that black panther is like one of the key key movies that showed that um so yeah i'm, I'm really excited for it but, you know, it's it's definitely going to be a hard-hitting one, like seeing uh, Stan Lee in Captain Marvel after his passing. Yeah, like, I feel like with comic books, you get very attached to characters because you see them grow up as people. So, like, when you see things like... I'm not talking now about, like, you know, Superman dying in Batman vs. Superman because we all knew Henry Cavill wasn't dead. But with people like Chadwick Boseman, because they had, like, a really kind of big cultural impact on the character, 
because pre Black Panther, there hasn't been that many films led by, I suppose, by a black hero. Like I know Spawn came out in two thousand and three, but Spawn is at a very weird place as a character, mm-hmm. where he's always been kind of that you know that white face with the green eyes, the red cape. But then there was Steel came out in ninety six or nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, Steel came out in the nineties, but it kind of flopped. It it didn't really make much of a cultural impact. The only kind of other uh, film that really had a black uh, superhero, or kind of anti super <laughs> anti hero, would have been Catwoman as well. Um, which was Halle Berry, I think, around like the mid-2000s. But, you know, I think this is definitely going to be a really important movie to a lot of people. And it'll definitely be like a really good way to kind of like finish the year for Marvel as well. Like, you know, uh, Ryan Coogler, like there's a huge, there's an amazing cast behind this. Ryan Coogler is a great director. And I'm really excited for what they do next and how they build on the world of Wakanda from the first film. And then kind of the last movie of the year then is going to be another movie that's really built up in fantastical world and that's aquaman 2 um you know so that's going to be another big one but surprisingly enough it's going up against like avatar 2 which is a sequel to the highest grossing movie ever avatar 2 is such a weird film because no one asked for it <laughs> it's a bit like imagine you know you got a slice of cake when you're like 10 years old i was what was it ages i was like 13 14 when no i was 13 when avatar 2 came out so you know i was really excited for or sorry the first avatar came out i was really excited for it you know because everyone was talking about it so anyway, you have a nice slice of cake when you're a child. And then someone says, did you enjoy the t- cake you like when you were nine? He's like, yeah, I did. Kind of forgotten about it ever since. Here's seven slices. <laughs> you get five sequels to Avatar. And like like James Cameron was like, we can't direct two of them because you don't have the technology yet. Because what technology? Are you going back in time getting Clint Eastwood in the 1960s to bring him forward? I don't know what. Apparently you want to film underwater or something. And it's a bit like Aquaman's like, hold my beer there. Whereas we're going to do our own stuff underwater. And I really can't wait for Aquaman because like the first film didn't take itself seriously. Like, you know, he didn't, you know, fight fish or anything. No, and I I think it was a very fun film as well. Like, I think one of my favorite scenes from that is when they're in, like, the little, is it Italian or Greek town? And, like, they're basically having a huge fight against Black Manta as he's firing his beams across, like, the town and him and Mirror are, like, dodging them and everything. It's it's a really great film. I like that it doesn't take itself too seriously. And it really just kind of embraces, like, the fun of comic books and just really kind of goes into it. Um, so that's kind of everything that we kind of know is coming out. We'll give a quick rundown of all the other things that are kind of on their way. Like in spring, we're supposed to be getting Stargirl Season 3, which is Stargirl Frenemies, which has been actually a really fun series as well to kind of watch that really kind of embraces the absurdity of comics a bit. And But, you know, it's actually really close to the characters as well and tells a really compelling story. Yeah, because uh, also this year with the Sandman out as well, and the Sandman from Neil Gaiman is one of his magnum opuses. It ran for like, was it 12? Well, it's 12 volumes collectively. But it was, you know, based off this comic in the 90s where it was basically the Sandman with the endless, so you have death, dream, desire. I can't remember the rest. But basically, it's an adaption of that, which has been in development hell for the last 15 to 20 years. Like yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt was attached to direct it at one point and a star in it because he loved the comic so much. Then that went, went away. Mm-hmm. So they put out like a small teaser for it. But I'm really, really excited for it though. But I'm also kind of nervous because it's one of those comics that doesn't rely off action scenes. Like the first arc is this guy's a nightmare character and he takes people hostage inside a diner and he starts getting to do all the twisted stuff to each other. It's really, mm-hmm. like, really freaky. And the whole thing is Sandman comes in and talks to him. That's kind of like it de-escalates the situation. Yeah. But like that might transit well to, you know, the world where Thanos fights a full army of people, <laughs> if you get me. Yeah, well, I think that Netflix is willing to take kind of... Uh chances on these kind of uh shows it like it doesn't always have to be like completely action-packed like we've seen a lot more kind of demure 
Netflix shows in the past. But I also think that Neil Gaiman has shown like true good omens, true his work on Lucifer, uh, true his work on Coraline as well, and American Gods that, you know, he has an act when it comes to adaptations with working with different creatives, actually bringing his vision across. And I, I'm very excited to kind of see that. The other one that does have a date kind of is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, which I believe is like an anime, which is, I believe is an animated one around Groot. Uh, no, it's live action. Oh, they're right. they're filming. Well, they're filming the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie, so it's supposedly it's you've toured the dark, you've tore uh, Love and Thunder, which kind of you know Star Lord and the gang leave, and then it is their story picks up in their story picks up in the holiday special, which is supposed to be my guess will be out, will be out around Thanksgiving, so Marvel kind of use that then as kind of their tenfold release for kind of Christmas. Mm-hmm. So we are around that time, but you're thinking of the I'm Groot series, which is also supposed to be out this year. Oh yeah, that's right. But I feel like Groot's kind of lost his cuteness. Where like Grogu's kind of thrown out is like, no, this is my time to shine. <laughs> well, I think we're getting babyfied versions of everything, like it was the 1980s all over again, like with Muppet Babies and all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, like Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special should be interesting. James Gunn is really great, and it looks like he might even be returning for a second season of Peacemaker. Apparently, like talks have been going really well. But there's a lot of other shows as well that we have no idea when they're coming out, but we do expect them this year. We've talked a little bit already about She-Hulk. Miss Marvel is meant to be out this year as well. The Umbrella Academy is getting its third season too, but we haven't really seen anything about that except for a few character posters. One series I'm really looking forward to is Harley Quinn Season 3, which like the first two seasons were absolutely great and just just some of the funniest shows I've seen and arriving during the pandemic they just put a huge smile on my face even like the one thing we loved about Harry Harley Quinn was they just embraced Batman comics so you had like you know there was Dark Seed there was No, no Man's Land there was a bit of everything thrown into it <laughs> yeah you had King Shark you had Dr. Psycho and of course the breakout character Kite Man hell yeah <laughs> They, it, it's a great series, definitely worth watching, and I'm really looking forward to season three, especially as they explore Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy's relationship a lot more as well. So, you know, that's coming. Like, DC have so much as well. Like, Amari looking at this, Pennyworth season three is coming out, Titan season four, and, you know, Marvel as well has a few animated ones coming out. Baymax is getting his own uh, Disney Plus uh, 3D animated series, just like the Big Hero 6 movie. And uh, we're also going to see Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur as well, which is <laughs> definitely one of the weirder adaptations uh, coming out this year. Even as well, like, I suppose if, if we're going to go back to the whole Star Wars thing, you also have the Bad Batch Season 2 is supposed to be out later on this year. Mm-hmm. And you also have the Mandalorian Season 2 and Obi-Wan Kenobi, which I'm really, really excited <laughs> for because Ewan, McC- Ewan, Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor uh, is a fantastic actor. Like, mm-hmm. I love Train Spawning. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, he's also fighting Hayden, Hayden Christensen, who I haven't seen act in anything since 2005. So that should be really interesting. I'm really excited for that film. Mm-hmm. We're also going to see uh, Fear the Walking Dead and Tales of the Walking Dead. Uh, sorry, Fear the Walking Dead Season 7 Part 2. God, I can't, I can't believe that like a Walking Dead spinoff has been going on for over seven seasons at this point. And Tales of the Walking Dead, which is uh, an anthology series about the universe of the show. There's also a show that got announced called Daryl and Carol about the Daryl character and Carol from The Walking Dead. Yeah, and I think that's due out in 2023 as well. What's, what's really impressive about that show actually is Daryl doesn't exist in the comics. Carol dies really early in the comics. She, like, surrenders herself to a zombie and the zombie eats her neck. It's a really gruesome paragraph or scene or panel. Mm-hmm. And they have a show. They've Basically, the show has continued on 
and it's basically kind of like you know broken free of the shackles of the comics yeah i think i'm kind of glad that they haven't taken everything the comics uh have done and actually put it on screen because there are some horrific horrific scenes from that like especially what happens with rick's wife and uh baby as well like that's a really gruesome scene that i'm kind of glad they cut out even like i remember what one of the things i kind of liked as well about it is a few weeks ago i was watching the season seven or season six finale with negan i was watching with someone who's never read comics in their life and it was her first time seeing it it wasn't my first time seeing it and you know the scene where spoiler alert by the way where he gets the baseball bat and goes eeny meeny miny mo and he eventually bashes in the head of glenn and he bashes in the head of abraham it was a, it was a shocking scene like if you read the comics it's in the comics mm. but the comic came out two years before the episode aired so that robs of his like the season finale cliffhanger was you don't know who he killed but if you just go into the comics and just read who he killed yeah but you know they have changed enough about that you're not exactly tied directly to it it's kind of like the boys as well like they've changed enough about the original uh from the original comic book as well that you really can't tell what's going to happen but if you are familiar with the comic you do know like some of the things that are going to come up like the hero gasm arc in season three <laughs> which i really don't know how they're going to adapt but that is going to be completely crazy two series that might have been delayed into 2023 as well are secret invasion which is apparently just filming right now i think they're filming some scenes in the uk and what if season two um so you know those are two more that we might see we're just going to give a quick rundown through the rest of these but these are all shows that are already out and continuing to air Legends of Tomorrow Season 7, Flash Season 8, and Batwoman Season 3 are all returning this year as well for the second half of their seasons. So is Young Justice uh, Phantoms, as well as like a lot of the animated TV shows like Teen Titans Go, DC Superhero Girls, and Spidey and His Amazing Friends are all, are all continuing as well. One of the weirdest, really weirdest shows though is Bat Wheels, which is going to star uh, basically the Bat Batmobile as its own character. And it's going to have Ethan Hawke voicing Batman. I always find it really weird when you see certain actors in certain films. And it's like, what's going on here? Like, you know, like we know Batwheels. Mm -hmm. like, I expected that to be like Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And I, a few weeks ago, I tried to I put that on. And, you know, not that I'm laughing at the show. Because, again, it's I, I'm 25 years old. I'm not the target market for a show with, with like that. So I threw the show on. And it's a Spider-Man, uh, Miles and Gwen Stacy walking through a supermarket or, you know, Mall America. And it's like with their masks off, or <laughs> and it's like your 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 identity is out in public. Anyway, I've gotten totally off topic. I'll talk about the show, <laughs> but like, um, what I was thinking about recently was, you know, if you're a kid, like when I was a child, I read Bruce, I read the Batman the Animated Series comics. That got mm -hmm. me in the comics originally, and I I was I've wondering about this a lot recently. Oh, you know, you watch Spider Man and his amazing friends, and you're like, oh my god, Spider Man, Miles and Gwen. So you open up, you know, you're you're. It's seven, eight years old. You go to a comic shop. Can I get one with Spider-Man and Gwen, please? So you get the night Gwen Stacy died. You'd be traumatized. <laughs> like when I was a child. Okay, I know. Sorry, never going to be bogged down with this. I was away in Galway and it was a comic book shop. Okay. And I knew something happened to Jason Todd. So I, didn't, I knew Jason Todd was dead in the comics. Uh -huh. Did not know what happened to him, like at all. Don't tell me they sold that to a child. So they sold it to me. I was nine. <laughs> so I remember reading it on the way back. And I, I did not know what happened in this comic. I remember thinking at one stage, oh my god, if Mr. Freeze coming to this, is Two-Face. No, it was uh, Superman came in to help Batman in the end. And I remember being a nine-year-old child watching Soup Spite, or sorry, watching Robin get beaten up in a crowbar and then blown up. I remember thinking like, oh my god, this is awful. So anyway, um, comic book retailers do not sell comics with gruesome murders to under 10-year-olds. What were they thinking? 
<laughs> but like this is the reason I love a comic and I suppose one of the things we were hoping to talk about was things we're really excited for this year mm. and the Batman is probably the thing I'm most excited for because yeah. most Batman films have either tried to be this weird trend for 1990s comic book films where you do two really good ones and then two really bad ones like Superman 1 Superman 2 and then they get really weird after that uh, or you know they do like you know the the, the, uh, the origin story in Batman Begins which is very down to earth and then you do the jo- you know him being the Joker, you do Bruce Wayne as an old man who wants to then you know a bit of the Dark Knight Returns, you know the new ones in the mm-hmm. DCU has been another Dark Knight Returns. But this is a young Batman who's not starting out, but he's not that good yet. They really want to take their time telling a Batman story, and I'm really excited for that. Yeah, and it is going to be interesting to see like how they handle and like balance, you know, Bruce Wayne looking like he might be the target of the Riddler as well, and kind of balancing his identity between Batman and and bruce wayne as well and like how they're going to handle that but i'm really excited to kind of see what they do with that and how they how they develop the character as well because it's been a while since we've really seen batman get his own movie and really become the focus as well after a couple of years of the justice league and batman versus superman even like what i can't wait for is they do like an into the spider-verse or sorry like like spider-man no way home style batman movie but they do the most recent versions of batman so it's like bat uh, batflick uh batflick uh, when Arnett from the Bat- Lego Batman movie <laughs> and watch call it the twi- uh, was it Twilight Batman uh, I can't think of his name I think you're talking about Robert Patterson. Robert now. Patterson, yeah <laughs> but I think we, anyway I've gotten sidetracked I'm also really excited for Black Panther because I really love him as a character mm-hmm. like he's always been kind of like I suppose one of the most like you know socially progressive Marvel characters like there's a storyline in the early 70s where he fights the Ku Klux Klan it's, it's a famous cover yeah, I'll throw it up on our Twitter account so people actually know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But he's always kind of, you know, when the characters fighting the good fight. So I'm really yeah. excited for that film as well. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to be an interesting one. I'm not sure if the Ku Klux Klan are going to be the main villains, but you know, uh, technologically advanced Black Nation probably isn't going to sit well with them anyway. Uh, what I'm looking forward to most, um, definitely into Spider, uh, sorry, across the Spider Verse. I I really loved the first film. I thought it was easily one of the best superhero stories ever. And it just looked beautiful, and it looked like we're going to see even more of that. But it's also a really big year for video games as well. We haven't really talked about that this much, but, you know, we are going to see, like, Gotham Knights is going to happen, which you get to play as, like, different members of the Bat family. Suicide Squad, (laughs) Kill the Justice League is going to happen as well, which comes from Rocksteady, the developer of the Batman Arkham games. And also Marvel's Midnight Suns, which is going to be kind of an XCOM uh, Marvel it's just gonna be an XCOM Marvel game where you'll be basically uh, fighting against Lilith, uh, the original demon. I really ex- like. I, I kind of I love the fact that like we're kind of in this golden air just for like superheroes as a culture. Like I suppose to try and round like to try and round things up and sum things up. I remember as a child, Batman Begins came out in two thousand five. So the Fantastic Four because I vaguely remember them having a tie-in deal with Burger King. In two thousand eight, Iron Man came out, The Dark Knight. And Transformers, I think, came out that year as well. But, you know, Transformers was mm-hmm. a weird place for comic book culture. So, I suppose, you know, I wouldn't say if releases were few and far between. But they were very, like, you know, studios would put out, like, two releases a year. Like, you know, they At most, yeah. Like, 2006. What came out in 2006? X-Men The Last Stand, I believe. <laughs> I, th- I think that came out in 2006, yeah. And Superman Returns, one of the most boring Superman films ever made. Uh... Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> um, in fairness, Brandon Routh, I feel like, did redeem himself by playing the Atom for a few years in the Arrowverse, and like, he's he was great as that. And he also played uh, Kingdom Come Superman as well, which 
was a great kind of return to form for him too. So, you know, I, I feel like he did kind of get a chance to redeem himself there, but like this year, I swear there's going to be something every single week. Not even like, we haven't even touched on the comics. There's so many comics that are coming out this year as well. Like sure, there's DC? no stop. Sure. DC announced they had Dark Crisis, which is like their fourth crisis, which is quite <laughs> amazing because they said at the end of their last crisis, this universe can't take another crisis. So are they just going to scrap the universe and start all over with the new 52 again? Uh, yeah, I want everything to be super emo. I want everything to be like 2011. I want Lobo to be like really like sexy in black leather. Like You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan wants sexy Lobo. Make it happen. Although, in my opinion, he's always been sexy. Like, but like, I remember back then, they had a really kind of high Twilight influence. Like, Superman had this weird collar thing going on. Oh, yeah. Batman always had a shaved head. Like, I remember it was like, there was one panel where he's like, I vaguely remember him going, I'm getting ready to be Batman now. I'm going to shave my head. And it's a bit like, does Batman, like, you know, every so often go, my hair really gets, like, it just wrecks the cowl. <laughs> it, just, it, just, it just doesn't work for me. I feel like maybe, like, you know, darkening around his eyes might be a bit more of a hassle. But again, I, I don't wear that kind of suit at any time. So I can't really talk. But yeah, no, that that was definitely an, a weird time for DC where they were trying to, you know, renew all these characters and really kind of, I guess, make them exciting. But I don't think they ever became boring, really. They just wanted to increase the sales. One thing that really annoyed me from that, from that time, though, it was the first arc of the Justice League. And for absolutely no reason, completely unprompted, Batman just pulled off his mask, his cowl, and just said, I'm Bruce Wayne. And it's like, what? Like, why would you... Like, I know it's the Green Lantern. I know it's like Darkseid is attacking, but it seems so out of character and so stupid. And I really hope DC don't go back and, like, just say, okay, we're going to scrap the universe and start all over again. You see, DC, even this, like, DC, unlike Marvel, have been stuck in this weird loophole for the last, like, since, like, the New 52, where they almost, like, want the continuity that threw away. Whereas Marvel have this, like, unbroken continuity because they were like you know they had reference event from 50 years ago like mm-hmm. you know karen page is still dead she was killed in 1998 when mm-hmm. stacy well i know spider gwen exists but you know earth 616 when stacy has been dead since she was you know since she was killed yeah i'm like also, i also keep saying female characters are dead women refrigerator syndrome is really bad but we'll talk about that later on yeah i think that deserves a whole podcast just on its own like maybe a whole series of podcasts i don't think the two of us alone can do that justice but you know we'll try <laughs> we'll see what we can do but 2022 is going to be a crazy year i guess like what i'm kind of thinking is what is going to be like what is going to be the thing that's going to like really get messed up this year like there is a lot of talent behind all this there's a lot of stuff happening but you know nothing like you can't like you can't hit a home run every time like what do you think is going to go badly you knocked the stuff out of me with that because i use a sports metaphor because i actually knew how to what a hit a home run meant. <laughs> uh, we're also big Red Sox fans on this podcast, but a sauce. Well, he is. I, I don't know anything about sports. Uh, like it's it's. I don't know because with Marvel they're just conveyor, but like they have so much production gone into it, where everything's so streamlined, where production have such an active input in making the film, where they know what their audience wants, they'll test screen it. Just uh, the Batman's performing really well with critics. Mm-hmm. I think the Flash could be could be uh, could end up blowing blowing up on people's faces, and people will say Michael Keaton saved the film. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see that as well. Like, you know, it, it's hard to know exactly how that's going to go. We, we've we only seen screenshots of it so far. Like, we haven't seen, like, any actual, like, footage from it. Like, we've seen bits of Black Adam. We've seen, like, you know, like, uh, some images as well from Aquaman 2. I know they're out towards the end of the year, but, you know, 
We don't know exactly how it's going to go. I think Aquaman 2, there might be a chance as well that that might not do as well. We'll see because I'm like, I know no one's talked about Avatar 2, like the Avatar in like since it came out. No one watched that. Like, well, everyone watched it, but it seemed to have no pop culture influence whatsoever. And yet, I still think it's very weird that DC would put that up against Avatar. Like, do they think that it's going to outdo it? Or do they just think, like, well, doomed if they do, doomed if they don't? I think cinema's changed a lot in the la- since, since Avatar came out. Well, that came out as a cultural event. But mm-hmm. cinema's changed a lot in the sense that these days there's a lot of kind of emphasis now on, like, sheer continuities. Where, you know, if they, let's say No Way Home came out in December. Mm-hmm. Would you put a film up against No Way Home? No, you wouldn't. No. Because you know the entire world wants to see it. But... I don't think I'd put a movie up against James Cameron either. Like, I don't think Avatar is going to perform that well. I'm, I'm, that's my vague prediction. I feel like <laughs> it's not going to like you know, break box office records. No, I don't think it's going to do the same as the first one did. But I still think it's definitely going to do well. I think the Disney behind it as well. I think that they're definitely going to make a lot of money off of it. But I don't think it's going to be like multi-billion dollar. I think it might make over a billion. But, you know, I think we'll have to see how it turns out but i am a little bit worried about aquaman because of that even like people talk about like not liking just aquaman but like the thing actually though sorry the thing with aquaman is it's the same villains from the first film and i feel like you know aquaman's got a special place where you know i'll go see it because i'm a comic book fan i prefer dc to marvel mm-hmm. but i'm saying this though it's not about me it's not bringing me in it's about bringing someone who's you know a casual fan off the street it's people mm-hmm. talk, there's all people talk about this in sport it's not about getting the hardcore fans involved. It's about getting people who don't follow the sport is to watch your sports. So that's a big thing with sport. It's the same with comic books. Like, I'll go see... They could have a film where Spider-Man walks his dog and gets a cup of coffee afterwards. I'll go see it in the cinema. But it's about getting, like, you know, someone off the street who's just kicking a football board on a Saturday afternoon. I want to go see that film. It's about creating hype and suspense. And, like, is Aquaman going to do that for people, though? That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, like, I mean, I think Jason Momoa is a big draw. I think he's... A really like he's a great actor he's a, he seems to be like a really big nerd as well he really seems to enjoy what he's doing i think that he could definitely bring in people i think like the two stars of of uh, avatar are kind of sam worthington and zoe saldana and zoe saldana has been in a lot of really high grossing films um so you know i wouldn't count her out either so I guess we'll kind of see. It's hard to know exactly. We still haven't seen any footage of this. We haven't seen any footage of The Flash. We're still a while out. But I guess, like, you know, like, what about Marvel are you kind of worried about? Like, one thing I'm kind of worried about is the Baymax series because we have seen footage of that. We have seen a trailer. And it seems to be more like, uh, you know, it seems to be more focused on, like, health and well-being and stuff. Like, it doesn't, like... In the trailer, we didn't see any of the big Hero 6. We didn't see any of the other characters except for uh, Hero's aunt. Um, you know, and don't, don't get me wrong, I really enjoy her. I really enjoyed the film. But, you know, I still would like to see a return to that as well, rather than just Baymax acting as the personal healthcare companion. To be honest, I actually haven't seen Big Hero 6. I literally know nothing about that project. <laughs> uh, we got we to gotta sit you down and get you to watch Big Hero 6. It is such a fun movie. I feel like this is like the worst thing to say in the first episode of a podcast for comic book culture where I haven't seen a film. But just it's just one of those things that just never like you know clicked for me to see. But I've seen a lot of comic book related properties. But it's one of those things that completely bypassed me. Well, I think between the two of us, we've probably seen a bit of everything. Like I don't watch The Walking Dead, but you do. Um, like you don't watch the CW shows, but I do. So you know, I think between the two of us, we've got a bit of everything covered. Um, but we'll definitely have to sit down and watch Big Hero Six one day. 
it's a really fun movie and you know don't get me wrong i'm sure they'll do a good job i'm sure we'll enjoy it anyway but you know it's definitely one of those ones where you know i i'd like to see a bit more superheroics i'd like to see a bit more fun from that Do and I watch the other five ones first though <laughs> no no unfortunately you don't have to watch big hero one true five they had a person in it who's now been cancelled so we can't talk about those anymore but you can watch six so sure there's a film came out in the 80s uh it starred eddie eddie murphy where it was called like it was something six and he the, the opening to it was like there was no pre- sequels or prequels to this film at all <laughs> and the opening to it was the other five films had to be locked away in a secret vault but you only have the sixth one to show you what is that? I, have to, uh, I kind of want to check that out now. <laughs> uh, oh, it's it, it won a load of Razzies. It, it was <laughs> it was a really bad film. So, so, sounds like something we're we're looking at someday anyway. But uh, what what if, what from Marvel are you kind of worried about? Like, do you think that there's anything there that might trip them up? Like, uh, like what do you think about like she Morbius or something? I feel like a Morbius. It's going to score like fifty five percent off Rotten Tomatoes. And they might have an Andrew Garfield cameo or something like that in it, the kind of stay of the film, because mm-hmm. apparently he's back for reshoots. That's the big rumour. So I feel like something like that will anchor it really to Venom or something mm-hmm. and to No Way Home. So it's a bit like, you know, that scene of Simpsons when Chief Wiggum is like in the wagon behind the cop, cop, the cop car and he's like, wee over the hill. That'd be a bit like <laughs> Morbius to like all of this. But uh, apart from that, I'm actually nervous for She-Hulk. You know, She-Hulk is practically nine episodes mm-hmm. and that's... Marvel haven't done it. Have they done a show of nine episodes? Was One Division nine episodes? I think One Division was like seven or eight. Um, so I don't. I think this would be the longest. But they you got know. really lucky with One Division. I think in the sense that that came out during like level five lockdown in Ireland. In the in America, it came out when COVID was quite bad as well. Yeah. So if it was. It kind of. It was the only kind of tentpole release in January twenty twenty. I feel like there was a lot of delays around then, and there wasn't really anything else to go up against it. I think the mystery element as well really kept people interested, especially like releasing the first two episodes in one, ha- like focusing heavy on the sitcom, but then kind of introducing the mystery elements towards the end of it. It really kind of captured people's imaginations and really kind of got them interested in it. And it also helped that it had like a really good cast behind it too. Yeah. Like th- my problem with like She-Hulk is if that gets released around the summer, mm-hmm. it's, if it gets released, let's say late summer into the, au- into the autumn, uh, I know a lot of films and TV shows get released in the winter because more people are at home. It's what Bill Murray says in Scrooge, where he's like, I love Christmas because everyone's inside watching television. <laughs> Viewership might go down because of it. And if that's stuff like a mystery show, like, you know, they have like an overarching mystery going from episodes one to nine, but the suspense might be gone by, let's like, say, episode seven because you get, I wouldn't say impatient, but it's almost like it's, it's, it's dragged out over the summer that you don't have as a sole focus. You still have that water cooler effect yeah. because people aren't in the office. People aren't, you know, uh, during the summer, it's a bit like, oh, people talk about sports more because there's baseball on, there's Gaelic football hurling, if you get me. Yeah, like, it's it's a big time, like, big a lot of events, and I think, coming into 2022 as well, like, this is going to be a year in which, like, we're seeing a huge reduction in those kind of cases and stuff, and a lot of more people want to be going out, going on holidays, do like, going out, doing things. And I do think that could have an effect, but I do think that Loki did a really good job last year as well of getting people interested in an overarching plot and getting them really engaged in it so you know i think it could happen but again we don't know what she hulk is going to be like but i honestly thought it might be more of a kind of an episodic procedural with maybe like a loose kind of overarching story in the background apparently the rumor is that it'll be like it'll be like you no know, like every episode has to, has to tell its own story but then it's like an overarching theme through the two mm-hmm. then there's like small arcs like one of the big rumors is charlie cox appears for two episodes and he leaves. But even Kevin Feige hinted at that, though, when they announced all these TV shows. You never know who's going to appear in illegal drama. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think it's Scott Summers, where he's like, I am, 
uh, the reason why I blew up half that building was because I can't see properly. <laughs> I can't open up my eyes. I don't think I could do that. I don't think that that's either going to introduce the X-Men, but who knows? We'll see. Maybe Reed Richards will get sued for the Baxter building getting attacked by Dr. Doom every other day. Um, but yeah, so that's what's kind of coming in 2022. And I think we need to kind of like, I suppose like our next show, we're going to be going more into the calamities, more into actual, like the craziness of comic books and who better to start with, but the craziest comic book character and one of the most popular, but Batman. Do, 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 do. That was my attempt at doing a bit of a lead in the theme song. Um, <laughs> I actually lost my job this week as no, 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 Batman. <laughs> yeah, I love Batman TV shows like Batman <laughs> the Brave and the Bold. <laughs> We've gone through all of that. Even the fair, the Batman the Brave and the Bold is like it's just so weird. It embraces itself. Yeah, I think that that's one of those ones that's purposely weird. Like you know, it it really goes into it. But you know, there's a lot of Batman stories. Like you know, we can talk about like Batman the animated series and. Bruce Tim's weird obsession with pairing together teenage Batgirl and Batman together. Or, you know, we might talk as well about like the death of Jason Todd. Like we touched on it today, but that's basically one of the gruesome, most gruesome like scenes in the Batman comic books. And it was, it happened just because of a few hundred votes. Yeah, literally there's actually, we'll talk about that more because I don't want to spoil things. I don't want to spoil things with the Andy Warhol Batman movie that wasn't made, that, that was made, but it's unofficial. Or other unofficial Bat- Batman uh, movies, like The Wild World of Batwoman as well, which is a Batwoman movies from the 1960s. Uh, even the that Italian one where Batman drives a push bike through Italy, which I really want to see. Yeah, we're, we're going to be talking about all of this and a lot more as well in uh, our next uh, show, which is going to come out in March as well. So we'll be talking about our impressions of the Batman, what we liked, maybe what we didn't like. I'm pretty positive, though. It, lo- it looks pretty cool and... I'm really excited to see what they do next with this character. Thank you so much for joining the two of us. I'm Emmett. And I'm Dylan. On the same... T- was it the same... Oh, I was going to... Same, <laughs> same podcast time, same podcast channel. Doodle-doo.